are back in the football shed. My name's John Hewitt. Roger Gibbs is here. Hello. And Jeff King's here. Good night. Jeff's voice is well warmed up. He's just been doing his warming up exercises. Well, that's what people do in it before they do stuff. <laughs> yeah, that's what good. I did. That's good. Yeah. Um, how's your? Uh, what are you on today? Champagne. I'm, I'm trudging through wedding champagne. For those that don't know me personally, I got married months and months ago, and I'm still getting through <laughs> wedding champagne. Although Melbourne's getting slightly warmer, and you're just leaving it in the shed, so it's slowly getting warmer. I've got to drink it quick. Yeah. <laughs> it's getting flat too. It's, mm. I mean, it's not. It's past its prime. Oh, good one. I'm channeling my inner Tim Sherwood today. Oh, you're wearing your gile. gile. (laughs) (laughs) Um, We are the Football Shed. Um, We're a weekly podcast by three English blokes who live in Melbourne. Um, We record each week in Jeff's shed, hence the name Football Shed. You can find us on iTunes and, excitingly, Spotify now for the second week in a row. Did um, Jane's dad... Attempt to find no, I, d- I didn't. I didn't tell him because I, I I listened back to the beginning and I felt like I was quite derogatory by calling him an old man who was used to the technology. <laughs> Ironically, I've just insulted him by calling him an old man who's used to the technology. So maybe I'll put it off till next week yeah. and don't bring it up. I won't bring it up. Maybe yeah. we'll send him an email. Yes. Um, if you enjoy it, give us a review, uh, subscribe on iTunes, and tell us your mates. If you want to get in contact with us, you can shoot us an email at footballshedpodcast at gmail or you can find us on social media. Just search football shed. And every week we start with a question. I've actually got three questions tonight. Oh, go on. No, well, I'm not going to do all three. Uh, number two. No, 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 no. Okay, yeah, number two. No. No, yeah, okay, well, number two. <laughs> you just want to disagree <laughs> with me because... Um, number two is the most boring. But... Number one. <laughs> no, well, well, why we... did you have three then? If one of them is boring, just drop it. <laughs> Red Star Belgrade played in the Champions League. You're right, question one. <laughs> <laughs> What year did Red Star Belgrade win the Champions League? Oof. Wow. Champions League, or U- it was the European yeah, Cup? it was the European Cup. And they played their first game in a long time today against Napoli and drew 0-0. 1985. Um, was it the Cup Winners' Cup or the European it Cup? It was the actual European Cup. The European Cup. Yeah. Um, they beat Marseille. 81. 1991. So Whoa, Roger. But they haven't played in the Champions League for 26 years. So they won it in 91. It became the Champions League in 92. And then they haven't played in it since until today. So that was why I was thinking about Red Star Belgrade. Great. So that was on the back of... Did they Were they with Croatia at Italian 90? No, because that was Yugoslavia. Yugoslavia it was too. That, so that was all... It's pretty amazing that it happened around then and it was all about to go to shit in the box. Yeah, well, I think that's partly why the like the team had loads of chaos with the whole war and everything that happened. So, uh, But yeah, Prozanecki played in that team. Oh, Portsmouth fame. Prozanecki, yeah, I bloody so, love Prozanecki. But Rod, you won. What would you uh, like to uh, talk about first? Uh, well, I'm going to go with um, my usual theory, which is uh, talk about the game that we actually watched. <laughs> <laughs> Can't go too far wrong with that. Uh, and it was exciting last week because... Um, taking advantage of the time difference in the early game we made a trip to the pub to watch Liverpool and Spurs which I was quite excited about uh, and I enjoyed the game yeah that's great Um, and a shout out to the Vic where you can watch any sport at any time which is brilliant that's brilliant yeah Yeah. the Vic on Victoria Street in Victoria (laughs) yes exactly (laughs) but there's been a lot named after the Queen I think yeah. it's been a lot it's interesting as well because we talk about Spurs and I was thinking about talking about Spurs before events of this morning in the Champions League yeah. obviously but watching the game there's been a lot of soul searching and a lot of stuff in the media about Spurs mm. and 
I don't necessarily like. I know everyone's got to talk about something, but <laughs> as we say, I don't, being talkback media. Well, but I just don't know if I agree with every. No, but they, you know, it's like oh, Spurs are in the doldrums. You know, Spurs. It's 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 all very dramatic. Whereas in reality, Spurs lost to Watford, who they should have beaten. They just conceded two goals from corners, and they missed chances. Yeah, and they just looked a little bit. Um, you know, they took Watford for granted a bit, like we said. Um, you know, they just beaten Man United three 0 and looked great in the second half. Everyone was saying aren't Spurs great. Then they lose to Watford, um, and then they lose to Liverpool, who were top of the league. Who were top of the league, and all of a sudden, everyone's going Spurs are shit. All their players are really tired. They all need a rest. Uh, start again, and I'm sort of like, well, hold on. Like we're basing this on two games, um, but I thought. For me, the thing that was really there were some odd things though, and like the way Spurs lined up yeah. in that Liverpool game, I thought was a bit odd. Now, I know last year they beat Liverpool four one in the same game. It was also at Wembley. Yeah, and they, I'm pretty sure they had lined up with back four. Yeah, they played four two three one that day. I had a look at their team. Four two three one. Ah, yeah, oh, so it's slightly different. Yeah, yeah. Because um, this was really four three 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 yeah, yeah. or oh, four three one two yeah because they played um, Ericsson behind um, Kane and Mora and Mora and then midfield of Winks Dyer and Dembele yeah. now I just thought it sort of Spurs are at home they're at Wembley and you understand maybe they're trying to hit Liverpool on the, on the counter but I just thought it gave Liverpool early momentum yeah well, by, I- by picking that team. I looked at it and I kind of thought, okay, he's trying to boss the midfield. He's trying to win the ball in midfield and run it from there and take control of it. But it just didn't work. Um, And they had no width because they played 4-3-1-2. So the fullbacks had to bomb on. And then you just leave Salah and Mane just standing there going, well, we've got loads of time, so we'll just chill out out here. And every time Liverpool got the ball, just went straight to them. You know, what what I noticed about the game is, is the... Apart from everything else that you notice about a game when you watch a game of football, what I noticed <laughs> about the the team as a whole is what we got. What we've been used to over the last three or four years from Spurs is their pace. We've been used to wing backs just putting in a shift, running up and down, running up and down. Like the K's that they clock up in that side, the counter attacks are amazing. And what we saw is that actually it was a bit of a slow team and their team is built on pace and I'm used to seeing Spurs attack with pace I'm used to seeing them track back I'm used to thinking how can Danny Rose and Carl Walker physically do that all season you know no wonder, there were points where they were replacing both fullbacks a few years ago because of yeah. fitness you know it was built on that and they were coming up against a team in Liverpool who were quicker and Spurs looked slow yeah but I think it's one been one of Spurs greatest attacking strengths has been the, whether you call them fullbacks or, or wingbacks, and I mean, and you, I thought maybe well, okay, if they play when I saw it, I thought if they're playing the three in the middle, maybe Dyer drops back in to make it a three, and that allows the wingbacks to well allows Trippier and um, Rose to bomb on. But there's two things. One is you're right, Mane and Salah just had to stand still, <laughs> and, and suddenly they've got loads yeah. of space. And if there's two players in the Liverpool team, you probably don't want to give space to it's those, those two, two players. Yeah. But also, I didn't feel like... I think because... You know, Trippier and Rose were conscious of that. And so they didn't ever really bomb on. And so it meant that then Spurs were having to force the pace and uh, progress play 
all through the middle and through their midfield three. And they, they're they all very similar pay, players. And it all just looked a bit pedestrian and, 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 and one-paced. There's a lot of talk of Harry Kane being tired, which maybe he is, maybe he isn't. I think he's been asked to play a different role this year. And I think that's a problem. Like, more, Lucas Moore is great. Awesome. But they kind of seem to be forcing him to play up front with Kane. And I think you're losing how good Kane is. And Kane's a 30 goals a year striker who's going to score loads of goals. And he's played it up front on his own for his whole professional career. Why ruin that? And is Mora a striker? Like, I, I mean, no, I, I sort of saw him as another, you know, have someone else other than Sun and Lamella who can be a quick, direct runner to, to give them that. I don't, wide do you need yeah. to play him up front in a two? I don't know. But so uh, Kane had 11 touches in the first half of this game. Altogether. Altogether, despite Spurs having 62% of the possession. He had no shots, he didn't win a header, and he didn't dribble the ball once. Wow. What did he actually do? Uh, not much. <laughs> and you're just sort of like... But, I mean, I, I've i been reading a bit about this in the week, because I was like, is... Because we always talked about Harry Kane being one season wonder for five seasons. Yeah. <laughs> um, and we're like, maybe maybe wonder. he's got found out or maybe, you know, people have been saying Harry Kane's been found out. But then I was like, well, Harry Kane, there isn't much to figure out. Like his, <laughs> his game is effectively built around constant hustle. Yeah. Like he's always on the you know on the shoulder of the last defender. He sets the press a bit like Firmino yeah. at Liverpool. He chases, chases, chases. He's just in constant motion. And but what he does do when he gets the ball, he shoots. He shoots, yeah, and, and he's got that every time, every and time. There's a stat that's come out recently since his because he got injured at the end of last season, not long before the World Cup, and then he came back and had the World Cup. And since then, his shots per game have halved. And I think it's even less than half. So it used to be like 15 shots a game or whatever it was. But it's just plummeted since then. Can you be tired though? But I, I think I think you're right, Johnny. He, he used to just shoot for fun. He used to, no matter where he got the ball, he used to shoot. Then so what's changed? Why, but, well, he stopped scoring goals. That, yeah. That's what's changed. Like, he yeah. used to just shoot and you used to watch him play football. And so many team chances were wasted because Harry Kane just got the ball, looked up, unlike other players. He didn't just keep his head down and shoot, like, just mm. spang it. He looked up, took a shot. And the amount of times it went to Rose Ed, but then he'd score two goals that game and everyone would say he's had a corker. Yeah. And you'd forget the amount of times that he just put it into Rose Ed. The thing is, now they're not going in. And that's what's changed because he's not taking the shots. And when he does take the shots, he worked averages. He'd have 15 shots a game, score two goals, everyone loves Harry Kane. Yeah. But he's not having that now. No, and I think it's a confidence thing that he's not shooting. I also think a little bit it got in his head. Like at the end of last year, there was this all these stats around how many goals he's getting. Is he pushing the Messi Ronaldo numbers? Is he suddenly this level? And I think if Real you, Madrid are interested in yeah. Him, if you start yeah. thinking about that kind of stuff, you start thinking, oh, I've got. To, where are the bits of my game that I'm not as good at? I've got to maybe increase my interplay with the rest of the team, or I've got to change pass conversion, or yeah, yeah, exactly. I've got, to, and then suddenly you've realised that 10 weeks down the let road you've forgotten that actually all you're really good at is shooting just shoot well that's shoot, that's, shoot, that's shoot, on shoot. the coach then because I think yeah his game is very simple yeah. but I think I can understand why people are saying he's tired because I think his game is built around that hustle and that motion like he'd be horrible to play against oh, okay. but I feel like now he's I mean we're seeing he's not involved in the game he's sort of and whether that's because he's dropping deeper but he just doesn't seem seem like he's doing yeah. that as much but I, I also think that 
as well as that aspect, some of it has to go on to the Spurs hierarchy and Levy in the fact that he is not being pushed at all by anybody below him as backup. Yeah. So they've got Llorente and Janssen. Yeah. Is Janssen still there? Janssen last season was on loan at Fenerbahce. Yeah. 15 appearances, 4 goals for Fenerbahce. Yeah. For Spurs, he scored 2 goals in 27. Wow, yeah. Loriente, 17 appearances for Spurs, 1 goal. Kane, last season, 37 of a possible, what, 38 games yeah. he played for Spurs. Mm-hmm. Scored 25 goals. Season before, played 30 games, scored 29 goals. They're so reliant on him. They've got to... And I, I, yeah. I could not believe that, that... I mean, that's why I didn't have him in the top four, because they didn't sign anyone this year. And I'm like, you've got to give him some and support. You've got to say, a game like that is when you, you look around your fellow teammates and on 60 minutes... Someone comes on who's new and who's exciting, and you think, "Oh yeah, I've seen this bloke in training. He's yeah. new. He's going to change it for us." Gives you all a bit of a, a bit of a boost. Yeah. Spurs didn't have that. No. Uh, although I'm going to I'm going to flip on its head. Uh, Spurs should have had a penalty with Son. Yeah. The, you see those given very very yes. regularly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was two one. So we could be talking about a very different performance where Liverpool are not top of the league, Chelsea are top of the league, and they're on the same Liverpool yeah. the same points as Man City, and it was a two two game, good game. We could have been talking about that. But it should have Liverpool should have been out of sight though. Like they missed a lot of chances. They were way better than them. Yeah. Agreed. I, I, I Agreed. think that yeah. scoreline massively flattered Spurs. I, I I do agree, yeah. but, but it could have been a different. But you're right though; it could it could have changed very easily if so a couple of decisions had gone different direction. It could have been very different. Um, on Spurs and Pochettino, kind of moving on to they played Inter Milan last night and lost. Unluckily, they were one nil up, and apparently it's the best they've played all season. I didn't watch this game because it was two thirty in the morning. Um, uh, and then, but lack of you know goal scoring options again. Like Ericsson yes. scored his first goal in the blue moon. Ericsson got the goal, um, and then they conceded two at the end. Icardi's equaliser for Inter Milan is one of the best volleys you'll ever see. I it's... have an issue with this though. Oh, you have an issue with one of the best volleys you'll ever see. I, I think it was a it was a very good strike. I've got a massive issue with Vertonghen. So I don't think he was very good at the weekend. Um, I don't think he should be in the Spurs first team. I think he's weak defensively, but. He, rather than stand up to the volley by Icardi, yeah. he got out of the way of it. Yeah, he could okay. have he could have stood big and it would have hit him flush in the chest. On it would have hit him on the like the point yeah. of the shoulder. And but Spurs don't concede a goal. But he sort of did a did a half turn and the ball went past went him right in the corner. And to me, okay. if you're a, if you're a diehard centre back, you, you get, get in the way. way. Yeah, you that's put, your job. You just you know you just put your body on the line and I, and I just. I, I don't want to take anything away from the strike because it was an, it was a great ball to the edge of the box. Yeah. Cardi hits it flush on the volley, you know, br- brilliant, brilliant strike. Yeah. But I just I, I had to watch it a few times. But I was like, I think he gets out of the way of that. Like he sees that he's leathered it, and he actually gets out of the way. Shuts his eyes and goes. Yeah. Um, last thing on Spurs, Pochettino dropped Trippier and Alderweireld, whose name I can never say. Um, or gave them a rest. Well, yeah, and didn't take. Well, he didn't take them to the game at all. Left them at home, <clears throat> and I think that's fair enough. Like, agree. Yeah, the press have got really on his back. And did you see his press interview? What have they said? Um, they said, "Why you take it? Why are you dropping them?" And he said a technical issue, which again is his second language. So maybe like people jumped on that. It's like, "Oh, what's that mean? What does that mean?" 
Um, and then after the game, he was asked about it, and he was just like, "Show some respect to the players that did play. They played well. Stop asking me about players who aren't even here." Do you know, everyone's a, everyone's a dickhead because. <laughs> but it like, happens when we, you lose. You know? How can we sit, be sitting here and going, "Oh, well, Harry Kane's tired. Harry Kane deserves a rest." And as soon as Pochettino recognises that someone like Kieran Trippier is in the has played as many World Cup games as you need to win the World Cup. Mm. And and he gets a rest, and everyone goes fucking crucifies Pochettino for giving him rest. You're like, well, what yeah. do you want from these people? They're yeah. human beings. God damn it! Yeah. And one of Spurs' strengths in the fullback roles in the last three years has been that they've always had four good fullbacks, and they've rotated them. Like they, yeah. this that's is, what Pochettino it's not, does. It's yeah. not a new thing. No. Like it's it's been an. I mean, that's, that's interesting that they played well. I, I also I like the Inter Milan thing because there's been lots of talk. In the week building up to the game about the Gareth Bale game. Oh, yes. When they were 4 0 down and he scored a hat trick. Yeah. 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 And then, so, and two of the goals were like in the 90th minute. So then I thought it was a little bit poetic that Inter <laughs> scored two late goals. And the, the difference between swapping these fullbacks versus swapping the old is Kieran Trippier. Kieran Trippier is a superhero and everyone <laughs> thinks he's amazing and he is. Your new and favourite it's player. not fair. And <laughs> it's still not fair. And it's not fair that Spurs can leave someone like Kieran Trippier out and still have good players to come in. But yeah, I mean, it's. I mean, Sorry. Just do you guys think that they they're in a pickle? Or no, do, no. You think no, it's all no. press, I think, press overreaction? Yeah, and, I think yeah. give them another three or four weeks. Like, and Spurs historically start badly. Yeah, you're right. And they've got nine points after five games, which actually is a pretty good start for Spurs. Usually they're about tenth or eleventh at the moment. They're sixth. Um, and if they suddenly go on a run, they'll win three or four. They'll be in the top four comfortably. Yeah, they're sick. and the two of the teams above them are Watford and Bournemouth. And you're going to say that Spurs have got more staying power. So they, yeah, it's it's you can't be in a pickle after five games. You just can't no, unless no. unless you were West Ham and you happened to have lost against Everton, which was in the alternative reality. Yeah. Um, I do know. I was thinking before we started <laughs> recording a little bit about. There's not really any managers that like Pellegrino won at the weekend. There's not really any managers that are looking like they're going to lose their job. And in my head, I went, oh, I'm kind of looking forward to someone losing their job, which is really bad. <laughs> but, that's, but that's kind of part Why? of the way... No, but it's kind of the Premier League cycle oh, yeah. that now exists, is you're like, oh, I should be around now that we start talking about who's going to get fired first. Mm. And there's not really anyone who's... P- Puel, maybe? Oh, so, and Mourinho's had a good good bit of press inches for, uh, yeah. for that. But I just think the press are bored. So they're going, oh, let's have a go at Harry Kane and Pochettino yeah. and Spurs. And they're just making They like story. to lurch from crisis to crisis. Um, but we should, um, we should move on from Spurs because that's too much Spurs. Well, what about it. Liverpool? Well, yes, I was going to say Liverpool. Jeff, what are you going to say? Well, I mean, I don't want to talk about Liverpool. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll talk about them quickly. Yeah, I didn't watch the Champions League. Um, so maybe we'll, rather than the Spurs game, um, let's, what did you watch the game I watched the game this morning. Yeah. It was a really good game of football. Yeah, it sounded amazing. It was utterly brilliant. Like, when I got up at five o'clock, I went, this is stupid. And then I missed the first ten minutes because I was making a cup of tea. And went, why was I making a cup of tea? I should have been watching the game. It was utterly brilliant. Um, a proper game of football, end-to-end. Milner, Henderson and Wijnaldum in the centre midfield. Possibly the best three centre midfielders around right now. Like They were just everywhere. Milner is playing brilliantly. And Wijnaldum's really list- lifted his game with Keita coming in. Like, and it's amazing. going back to Harry Kane, that's what happens when you buy players in the same position as someone. They've bought in Fabinho and gone... And Wijnaldum could go, well, that's my game over. He's gone, no, I'm just going to play better. 
Yeah. And then you can't drop him. And that pushes them on. Um, Neymar is a lazy piece of crap. He got, <laughs> he got mugged, didn't he, by Mane. Yeah. If, if, if you're listening at home, so watch he the footage of, of Mane mug Maynard. Maynard? Maynard. 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 It is wonderful. Yeah. Uh, but um, he was playing like the left side of the front three. Um, and every time Trent Alexander-Arnold went forward, Neymar just kind of looked at him, pointed at someone and shouted and just stood there. And so it was just ugly to watch it was just a bit like oh you just think you're too good for this does some of that come from the fact that PSG are in a monkey league and he d- yeah. he can do that every week and then all of a sudden they play good teams in the Champions League and they need to turn up and it's hard to just switch it on yeah. like that uh, the thing is Liverpool nearly threw this game away Liverpool had all the opportunities all the, all the charts and, and when it was 2-2 it you know it could have ended there and, and you know a great game of football ended 3-2 in the last yeah. few minutes wonderful but the thing about PSG is they have a front three that can do that. They need to absorb, and they know that all they need is a sniff, one yeah. sniff, and, and the, the finishing capability in that side is exceptional. Although, so, they did bring on a sub, and they took off um, Neymar, and they brought on Maxim Jupo moting Bizarre. Stoke, and then the other sub. <laughs> I think he should go on the wall. I do. I think Jupo moting on the wall. I think that's a good shout, actually. Um, but then uh, Liverpool made a sub, and Salah goes off, and Shakiri comes on. Both players played for Stoke last year and got wow. really good. Wow. Yeah, now the Champions League. Must be going, Why weren't we better? Yeah. <laughs> um, Firmino's goal, just a nod to Robbie, came on. Um, yeah. Uh, really good finish. I think and a great celebration holding time. his eye yeah oh um, yeah. one last thing on Liverpool before we move on Trent Alexander-Arnold had a free kick when it was 2-2 and he hit the corner of the bar on the post the stanchion stanchion um, really close but they the PSG team lined up and they all line up as you do in a wall and then one guy stood behind them and lay on the floor so, so it didn't go under. Yeah, so they oh, knew that, that is weird because um, Shakiri was the other free kick taker that was possibly taking it, and he often does the under the wall one. So they had the six guys stood there, and then just one guy lying along the floor behind. That him. is brilliant. Who yeah. was the guy lying down? I don't know. Poor bugger. Was it which way was he facing? Was he like did he have his back to it? He kind of lay. You know, like when you're taught how to field <laughs> field, field a cricket ball. Yeah. Where you have like one knee on the ground and yeah. you put your knee up and you put your hands and sit down. He was stood like that, so he's kind of like. Making himself sure it wasn't just like Neymar claiming a foul. (laughs) (laughs) I thought it was hilarious, but yeah, I mean, it's I remember what being back in the UK and particularly early days of the Champions League and getting really excited for those big games. I mean, I even used to get excited about Man United European games, and I hate Man United, but it was just exciting, yeah. And I feel like that. Is what the game was this morning. Yeah, it was like proper, it was you know proper under floodlights. Yeah, Jeffa, what uh, would you like to talk about? Ah, uh, so you know life's crap enough sometimes, right? <laughs> Without so, Liverpool doing well. Well, I mean, we'll get to Liverpool. So, I, like <laughs> when you support a team like Everton, <laughs> life is hard, right? And and supporting the football. So we we had a conversation. Was it last year or the year before about promotion, relegation, yeah. and aspirations of football teams and all of this stuff. So you, you go you go to bed on a Sunday and, and life's hard enough. I went to the dentist today, right? And 
like who knew but dentistry isn't covered in your health insurance or at least not in my health insurance yeah. and I realised that had I not paid for private health insurance for as long as I paid for it I could have afforded my fucking dental work <laughs> but actually I've paid for health insurance it doesn't include the one thing that I need private life's hard enough right so I, I get a bed yeah. and, and all of the me- I, obviously I check all the media before I get a yeah. bed for those not listening in Australia the Everton game is at 1am on a Sunday I've got fucking a two year old that wakes up at a quarter to six in the morning I'm not going to stay up till 1am to watch Everton lose even though all of the media was going West Ham are going to lose their first seven games look at it I said it everyone was confident going Pellegrino is going to get the sack seven games in rubbish everyone's talking about West Ham's record at Goodison Park everyone's talking about how Everton are unbeaten and you feel it you're like who knows can I hope well we we called it on the pod though we said that it was you know a little bit of a danger game yeah good thanks and so I wake up wake up on Sunday morning at about four in the morning and like you know you toss and you turn check my phone I'm like oh I'm gonna check my phone oh okay so then I struggle to sleep until my two-year-old wakes up a quarter to six I watch the highlights I look at the lineup Everton were playing a fourth and fifth choice centre-back partnership both of them, so Zuma and um, Holgate. and Holgate, were are under twenty one players. I do not mean that uh, Zuma's twenty three years old or whatever. Yeah. But they're all playing for under twenty ones. They're, they're yeah. under twenty one players. The right back was John Joe Kenny, who plays for the under twenty ones. Two centre midfielders were Guai, who is injured, yeah. just came back for it, and I, like I, I'm not even going to say it flippantly, but Schneiderlin, who the day before his father died, yeah, so, yeah. and he got taken off, off at half time because yeah. he was struggling with with actually playing football. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I don't want to ignore it's his. Bare, bare I, I have absolute admiration for the guy putting his life on the yeah, line. Yeah, because he was asked, "Do you want to play?" He's like, "Yeah." Oh I my god, and, and total respect for that. Let's put that to a side for a, for a second. Our left winger was Dominic Calvert Lewin. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, what the fuck is that? Where's Lookman? What's? Well, he was on the bench. Well, that's for those who can't see my face. It's full of rage. That seems a bit odd. Cenk Tooth Tossen, who is Tossen, yeah. Uh, yeah. who got yeah. subbed off halfway through the second half missed, for Omar fucking Niese. Missed a few chances. And so here's the thing. So I'm not going to completely yeah. discredit West Ham because. Uh, although everyone in this godforsaken earth knows Yarmolenko only has one foot, it's his left foot, and he scored two goals with his yeah. left feet. And he only has one good game every three months. Oh, that's it. But it was obviously against Everton, who tried to sign him for five years in a row. <laughs> obviously. So so West Ham, who are, according to the media, crap, yeah. have the game of their lives. Everton, who play... A, a, who play a, we're oh, shocked. I don't know if they the did media, have the game of their the, lives. The media is shocked. That, that Everton did so poorly but when you look at the team that, that was put out it was only one player different to the most recent Sam Allardyce game and that's uh, the Digne who played left yeah. back who was actually playing brilliantly but I'm going to Go I'm gonna thanks yeah. John Bernard came on looked excellent so yeah. why won't we start with Bernard and Lookman yeah. and obviously like look the few the future is what it is but I just want to I just want to highlight how fucking hard it is sometimes. <laughs> you know, I dream as a football fan for my whole life of waking up at five o'clock on a Wednesday morning and seeing a team I give a shit about play against PSG and beat them 3 2 in injury time. <laughs> and, and, and I dream about having that moment. And did you see Man City's uh, uh, mascots this week? Yes, that was yeah. amazing. So they've got this 102 year old lady yeah. who's had a season ticket at. Man City for like 60 years and then her sister's 90 or something she has seen some 
dog shit Man City side. Yeah. She's 103 years old and now she gets to watch Guardiola. Just like, <laughs> yes. just, oh, we'll get onto the Man City game in a yeah. minute. But I want to do that. I want to get that. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to have to wait till I'm 103. Mm. I, I want to, I want to have the, I've been through the, I'm re- not the relegation, thank God, but I've been, I've mm. lived it. When's it my chance to have that? Um, well, I think maybe never. Maybe just as a life lesson, Jeff, don't predict that they're going to come in the top four every year because oh. then it will get you, you get down after No, no, weeks. no, 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 because, because there is, there is that bit inside of me that <laughs> as a football thinks fan, they can. I think, you know, maybe this is the year. Maybe this is the year. Just like those fucking Leicester fans who sat there in the beginning of the year. It is the hope that kills you. And it's it's the feeling that it could possibly happen. All you have to do is win every week. It's easy. It's not easy. And when you're a team that plays Calvert-Lewin on the left wing, a fourth and a fifth pairing that they've never played together before, it's fucking hard. And it's hard to live through, and I'm sick of it. And I'm, I'm, not, okay. I'm not sick of it because I hate it. I, I, I love the roller coaster. As long as someone can please just stroke my head and tell me there'll be a happy ending. Because <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm, I'm, I'm struggling with it. Well, I could definitely cannot promise a happy ending. But it, it was it was bare bones, like what we said. Yeah. I think Everton have got a few injuries. And like, I just. Nine, looked, Rog. The, the first goal was like. It was Sunday League. It was like the most straightforward ball over the top by Mark Noble. And I was like, where's the defence? Yeah. Where are they? There was just nobody there. And, you know, Anatovic runs in, squares it to Bjarmalenko. Goal. Like, it was just but, bizarre. I mean, West Ham did all right. I think Everton were poor on the day. But um, Yarmolenko did turn up. Felipe Anderson. And, really good. Yeah, and Anatovic did all right. And then suddenly you look at that front three and you go, oh... Yarmolenko, Arnautovic and Philippe Anderson, all four of them have played, all three of them, have played in the Champions League and could play for a top four side. Like, that's a good front three. It's absolutely right. Look, I don't want to take anything, because West Ham spotted weakness in their Everton side and just exposed it. How's um, your West Ham source been this week? I arrived at work. <laughs> I arrived at work on Monday with a West Ham scarf draped over my chair. Life's shit this week. Uh, Declan Rice had a good game as well. Yeah, he really ba- base of midfield. So and he's yet Declan to Rice. declare whether he's going to play for England or Ireland. And um, selfishly, I'd like him to play for England because I think he's good. Yeah, but statistically, Everton had sixteen shots against nine. The problem is, on target, four. West Ham only had four, but West Ham don't have Calvert-Lewin and Omar Niese yes, trying to score bloody... Uh, Sink Tosser missed two very gettable chances. <sighs> yeah. Um, moving on from Jeff's bad news, is Eden Hazard the best player in the league? Well, apart from James Milner, he's, maybe. You know, he's top scorer in the league at the moment, on five. Uh, scored a hat-trick at the weekend. And... He is finally actually playing for a manager that plays good football and expressive football and tells him to go and do whatever he wants. They beat Cardiff 4-1. He looks happy. He looks like he's really enjoying... I've got a feeling he could go gangbusters well, we, this we year. We talked about this uh, early early on in the pod. Yeah. I think I might have uh, put him up there for potential player of the year. Yeah. But I, I also think the criticism of him has always been in big games. You know, Does he turn up? And you know he can be very sulky, but I actually think as well his start this year is also on the back of I think him having a really good World Cup. 
I thought he probably he probably outshone De Bruyne at the World Cup. Yeah. Like you know, Belgium obviously did well, and I thought in the big games Hazard was brilliant. So it's sort of you know, there's some he's got some some strong form lines there that he's bringing into the season. Take what's interesting. He he has been at Chelsea for six years, and he's played under seven different managers in that time, which. I can't think of another example in modern football that a player has been considered a key playmaker at the same club under seven different eyes yeah, of supervision. That's crazy. So there is something about in Hazard that every single person who works with him on a daily basis believes in. Yeah. It's just whether they can get it out of him on the pitch. Yeah. And obviously right now he's doing it. The first goal is the best goal I've seen in the Premier League this year. I can't remember the first goal. Is it was the, it was a right. one to went off to Giroud who had two oh, two assists, yes. excellent. Went back yeah, to Giroud. Hazard. Yes. He shimmied it around a player, and yeah. from about thirty yeah. yards, it was like a rocket Bend to the it. bottom corner. Yeah, it was brilliant. Uh, I, I mean, there were some excellent goals this weekend. I'm going to get onto yeah. my. Oh, I'm going to say the best goal of the Premier League was so far is that Hazard goal, but it wasn't my favourite goal of the weekend. Yeah. But I think it was it was technically. Just brilliant. Yeah, he's. So, I think he's a very, very good player. I mean, I always feel like he's one of those guys you look at and you're like, oh, he's got potential to be world class. He's got potential to be mm. one of the best in the world. But like, how old is he now? He's like 20, 27. Twenty-seven. So he's got. If he's going to do it, he's, and, he's got to do. It. I mean, he's won uh, Premier League Player of the Year before. Obviously. Yeah, when but, they won the league last time. Yeah. Um, and no, saying, wasn't there Kante? Well, yes, oh, maybe yeah. he hasn't won it. I feel like he has. Yeah, I feel like he has. Maybe time before when he won it, but. Um, when you were saying about the World Cup, he was captain of the World Cup, and I think that made him mature a little bit. I think being captain and leading his country, and they came third in the World Cup. Like, that's got to give you a fuckload of confidence and just go, oh, I'm actually quite good at this. Um, and I think he's been at the same place for six years, he's settled, and I don't think there's ever really been a desire for him to go anywhere else. I think he likes living there, I think he enjoys playing for the club. He's just been hanging out for a manager that actually plays football that he wants to play. Yeah. And suddenly he's got a coach who's just like, go and do whatever you want. I like to attack. Yeah, go on, Eden. Do do whatever you want. (laughs) Um, But I think Eden Hazard is the most fouled player in the league. Um, Third is Wilf Zaha. Now, Zaha had his whinge this week. And I think Zaha is nowhere near as good as Eden Hazard, but he has a talent to be potentially near that. But I don't know if his whinge this week about getting fouled all the time. Hazard has never said anything, and if you watch, he just gets on with it. If you watch Hazard play, he just gets kicked left, right, and centre, and he doesn't do anything. He just carries on. Every week, he just picks himself up. And And like Jeff was saying about the coaches changing all the time, he doesn't care. He's just like, well, I'll just turn up and play football and have fun, see how it goes. And yeah, I I think this year Eden Hazard could be. What did you think about the Wilf whinge then? Ah. Just don't say it. I don't. In my opinion, you shouldn't like. You're just putting a target on your head, aren't you? Yeah. But should Roy Hodgson have come out and said something then? No. I, I, what you say behind door, you don't say it in the media, do you? Like Roy Hodgson go. Will Sahan change room goes to Roy Hodgson. This is getting a bit ridiculous. Can you do something about it? You get Roy Hodgson or someone official from Crystal Palace to go to the referee association and go. Here's True. the videos. Yeah. Can we do something about this? Zaha. The Kapui one was awful. Yeah, it was great. Yeah, it was Kapui. awful. Yeah. Do this every week. <laughs> Since then, I've noticed commentators. No one knows. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone's like, oh, Kapoo. No, Kapoo. Kapoo. Uh, um, but Zaha has stopped diving this season. He's not diving at all. And he's um, he's obviously scored a wonder goal again at the weekend oh, and yeah. been brilliant for them. 
So good on him, but you're going to get fouled if you're the star player. I don't. Like, yeah, I don't like. I don't like the the whinge. Like just. It's going to be difficult. Do the do you know the best way to to stick it to him is to do what he did and score a goal. And so I think he's already like he's won. But then by coming out and having the whinge. It's kind of like... It's made his life harder. It's made his life harder. Disagree. Again, yeah. Disagree both of you. Okay. Surely you enjoyed the interview. Oh, yeah. I did enjoy the interview. Yeah. Then, good. <laughs> Say what you like. like. Because we... This is... This is sport. Like, yeah. this, is, this is sport. This is what we... We love watching the games. We, we love the, the, the... You know, we love Jose Mourinho falling flat on his face and having a whinge on the side. I actually think that there needs to be a bit more honesty like that from players. We can all see that he's getting a kick in. Yeah. We can see that the Kapua <laughs> tackle was, was, a, his leg. That yeah. was a career ender. Yeah. We can see that. Now, what do we expect him to just brush it off? We say we admire that about Hazard, but you know, maybe he's older. He's 27. He's mm. got more mature. Yeah. Actually, I like to know that a player is going to come out and go, that was fucked. Did you see that? Yeah, no, I, I see that. But is it just making his life harder? Like It might be. He's basically put a target on his head. Every away game he goes to, from the rest of the season, yeah. all the fans are on his back. Get on his back. About Straight being a diver. And yeah, the, yeah. You, even if he's not diving, everyone will just go, you're a diver. Oh, did that hurt, Wilf? Oh, you're okay, Wilf? Oh, you're going to have a whinge, Wilf? Like, it will be... Con- he's he's invited that on himself to make his game harder. I just I just think that... I, I mean, as... A, I'm not playing against him and I'm not Wilfred Zaha but, but as someone who enjoys the Premier League yeah. I appreciate that kind of window into the frustration of the players and I think that that I would welcome more of it yeah you're right yeah. I mean maybe we do treat them a bit like robots sometimes and they can't say anything I mean I in my head I'm like if something like that is going to come out it should come from the manager and they should be going into bat for their players rather than the player but I see what you're saying like what you know why there aren't many players that do come out and Say something so it's quite refreshing that he did. You know, it's a match a day interview, and there's Wolf Sahar, and he talks about getting kicked. Of course, yeah, and then they interview him and they go, What do you think of the game? He's like, Well, I mean, fuck, I got got kicked. Like, that's his opinion. Yeah, that's true. Um, Can I quickly go back to the Chelsea Cardiff game? Yeah. um, On Neil Warnock. Do you know what Neil Warnock's uh, nickname is? Colin. Sorry, what? So Neil Warnock's (laughs) nickname is. Colin, because if you take the word Colin out of his name, the letters left spell wanker. No. (laughs) (laughs) It's the best thing I've ever heard. That is so good. Yeah, so he's called Colin, because his letters left spell wanker. Brilliant. That is really good. I love it. Uh, Whilst whilst we're kind of scattergunning around the Premier League, because there's a lot to talk about today, John, your most hated team... um, Bournemouth. Bournemouth beat Leicester 4-2. Yes. Now, I think 4-2 was actually quite flattering to Leicester. They, they scored yeah. two goals at the, right at the, the very end. end. Yeah. I, I think a few things in this game. Firstly, it's uh, surprising that Madison take the penalty. Yes. Um, I lost my bet with Iheanacho scoring a goal. But um, on that bet, you put that bet on because Jamie Vardus was suspended. Turns he out he wasn't suspended. He wasn't suspended, was he? Awesome. Uh, but... I thought I'm, that a lot. Yeah, I got into it. <laughs> now I'm I'm gonna do your head in here because I'm gonna I'm gonna pay Eddie Howe some credit. Do you know that in the t- in the match day squad of that game, the Bournemouth side had 279 caps in the championship. Wow, that's all for Bournemouth. Yeah, so they've all come up with him, which means that they've come up with him. They've maintained their place in the Premier League, and they have put together a performance that beats 
four year ago Premier League champions, champions with a lot of the same players. 4-2 should have been better than that and I'm sorry to Leicester fans but you know Bournemouth were the better side in that game of football and he has coached them into that side Ryan Fraser who scored the first two goals first goal was excellent he's fundamentally crap but he looked brilliant oh, he had some glimpses last year he's a bit of an like almost an old fashioned winger type like yeah. he's quite small you know tricky can yeah. go past the player. I agree. He's then, like last year, but he's his been end there since was crap. Days. Like he's yeah, he's only 23, 24, but he's been there since he was a kid and come up through. And like you're saying, Eddie Howe's made him better. He, he's made all of them better. And, and you know, Bournemouth are a club that it's surprising. They've only got what is it, eleven thousand capacity in the in their venue. When you watch them on the telly, it feels strange because the ceiling, the the roof of the stands are so low. The camera angles are really low. So when they're playing on the far side of the pitch, it feels a bit odd. It feels yeah. like it's not a Premier League game of football. You, it's certainly not like watching something at Wembley or the yeah. World Cup or whatever. It feels strange, and the players don't play in a way that make you feel like you're watching. When we watch Liverpool Spurs, it's very different. Yeah. But they're just they're winning four two. Yeah, they're res- they have you know their resources are minimal compared to some of those teams. Second so smallest wage bill in the Premier League. They've kept he's kept them up. I've still got a feeling that they'll get sucked back down a bit, just as much as anything because of squad depth and Eddie Howe yeah. only plays one way and it. People know, will suss it out. It, it, sometimes you know they can go on bad runs, but I mean, yeah, they they looked really good. I um, I'm going to scatter gun back to before we move off Bournemouth. Yeah, their um front three were described on the radio um as a like you know like in supermarkets you get like Coca Cola and you get home brand Coca Cola. Yeah, they're like a home brand. Their front three of Fraser. Callum Wilson and Joshua King <laughs> are a whole brand Liverpool front three. Because <laughs> <laughs> they run around a lot and they chase a lot. Like they Josh King's a bit exotic, and they can take people he, um, on and they score goals. Josh King's yeah. Swedish, isn't he? Or, yeah, or yeah. Norwegian? I, I reckon they'd actually love that. Yeah, I, reckon, yeah. I reckon for them that's, that's good well, enough. Yeah, that's brilliant. Like That's great. They're in the Premier League being compared to Liverpool the front three. That, that's enough. Yeah. Yes, it's really interesting. And Eddie, I, yeah, Eddie Howe gets a lot of credit for that. I agree. I um, yeah, I, uh, we talked about Wolf Zaha's goal against Huddersfield, and that was the difference. I, I actually watching the match of day highlights. I thought Huddersfield played quite well. They had a lot of the play. They had a lot of chances. Um, Aaron Moy nearly scored an absolute belter. That's His a great volley, volley, like the technique in that, is so good, and I love, I love watching it. Um, but Huddersfield should have won that game. They, they, and we talked about it at the start of the year when they signed that bloke for quite a lot of money, and you know his goal scoring record last year in Holland or whatever was like three goals in thirty five games, and we're like, well, that's a bit of an error. And <laughs> su- surprisingly, they're struggling to score goals, um, which is why they're where they are in the bottom three. But I, I was interested because that was the first time I've actually watched Huddersfield play this year, and they obviously haven't had a good start. But I, if I was a Huddersfield fan, I'd feel fairly positive about it because I thought in general play, they they looked better than Palace. It was just that Palace had the one player on the pitch with that bit more quality. Yeah, the X factor that can yeah. actually win the game. The thing is, show me a side that Huddersfield can play who don't have a player who can win a game like that. The, the difference between the league they're in now and the league they were in Burnley. is that they're going to be playing against teams that have Zaha. And if they don't have either... A way to counter or nullify a Zaha that isn't just giving him a kick or if they don't have one of those themselves they'll go down um, 
talking of Burnley, Burnley are in a pickle. Burnley are bottom of the league on one point. Um, do you know that in their last 26 Premier League games, they've only won five? Yeah, so it goes so back a lot wow. longer. Than so, because last year they had a great start to the season and they got up to sixth or seventh and then everyone else is crap and they lost actually loads in a row or drew loads but yeah. just stayed there and managed to hang it out for the rest of the season. But actually they've been crap for six months now, all calendar year. Um, maybe they're going down. The thing is, it's the margins, isn't it? The last year, I wish I had the stats in front of me and I don't, but last year they won so many games by one goal. Mm. They were, they won one nils and two ones and kept it really tight at the back and it was really admirable. This year they're losing games by one goal. They are tight margins. That's mm. not saying Burnley were an amazing football Good. club and now they're a terrible football club, but they're now at the bottom and they were at the top. There's I'm also- going to counter that though. What? The Wolves and Burnley game was one of the like most convincing one nils I've ever seen. I've never seen the highlights. <laughs> Wolves had 23 shots on target. Wow. And like a lot of those were from inside the box and should have been goals. Like Wolves should have won by, you know, three or four. Like didn't they dom- Joe, dominated that game. Joe Hart had a corker, didn't he? He did have a good game, yeah. yeah. He's actually been I was really surprised with that signing because we thought that um uh Pope was Pope was Heaton. good last year and Heaton was good the year before and you're like well why do they need Joe Hart but he's it's actually the best I've seen Joe Hart play for a number of years but like, is it easy good... to be a good goalkeeper in a crap team maybe yeah. like you've got loads if you've got 23 shots on target and you save six of them you look good yeah true yeah um, your highlight reel is, is, is the better. other thing Burnley they had this anomaly of a snap stat last year that I can't remember the numbers but they conceded the most shots that's right. So yeah. they allow people to shoot. The thing that they do is they make sure that this 18-yard box is really strongly defended. So people shoot from outside the box, but they're happy for people to shoot at them. So they concede loads and loads of shots, but then they get that 1-0 win or whatever, and they yeah. trust that they get it. Whereas this year, it's not working. Like you say, it's fine margins, and then they're suddenly losing 1-0. Um, is there any other... Premier League, or do we want to move yeah, on to... I, the last thing I want yeah. to talk about before we move off the Premier League is Arsenal. Yep. Now, I, I, you know, it's probably a surprise that the Arsenal-Newcastle game is something that I'm going to... Oh, I wonder which way this is going to go. No, yeah. no, actually, this is complimentary towards Arsenal, which I'm going to go on record and say that this is a rarity, which is yeah. why I didn't want the week to slip by. Yeah. Um, now, Arsenal were crap. <laughs> <laughs> Good way to start a compliment there. Newcastle were crapper. Yes, yeah. I mean, Newcastle were actually a disgrace. Yeah. And um, I hear that the Newcastle fans are quite pragmatic about it. They know that they didn't sign anyone. They know, oh, when I say didn't sign anyone, they signed Rondon. Yeah. So, and they signed that Mutu bloke who yeah. is such a steaming pile of horse turd. <laughs> I've never seen... You've got a vendetta against Yeah, you guy. really I think don't like Mutu. Oh, yeah. he is so bad. No, he's He right. is essentially a mound of soil <laughs> when the ball Rocking goes all about when soil. the ball goes towards him the ball just slowly rolls back in whatever direction the ball happens whatever side of the mound it happens to roll up it rolls back in a different direction that is all Mutu does he is a mound of soil but Arsenal and so Arsenal the one thing that so the the two like naughty boys in the Arsenal squad so Zaka and Ozil scored the goals yes um, good free, free good kick, free kick. Yeah. excellent free kick so it, it made me think I was like oh that's the first time both of those players have scored this year do you know that Arsenal of the 10 goals they've scored this year have had 10 different goal scorers wow 
No. No. Which, which usually is held up in a positive light. Like Leeds won last night. They had their 11th goal scorer in the game. And there's been a lot of talk about, you know, oh, Bielsa's amazing. You know, they've had 11 Share goal scorers goals. already. And then you're saying Arsenal have had 10. It's true. And, and it's not just... Uh, I mean, like, there's, there's two interesting uh, points to make about both of those statistics. The fact is they've both got new managers. Mm. And new managers are trying to find their best team. And Arsenal have been quite uh, inconsistent with, with what they've been doing, even though they've been trying to play a new style of football, which means that different players are playing in different positions, and yet it's still a success. So what that shows to me is that the manager's ethic of what's happening in Arsenal right now from a strategic point of view is a success. Whether the players are achieving in those positions or not, what the manager is trying to do is good. So the position he's putting players is a positive position and they are scoring goals from those positions whether the, he has the right players for the job is yet to be seen I mean he obviously doesn't necessarily have the right goalkeeper starting for the job but we, we can talk about that till the cows come home but, but what he's trying to do tactically with that club is working they're sitting on nine points which is a good start they've and lost against good sides and they lost against Man City and Chelsea and they actually could have won they probably could. They potentially could have got a draw with Man City. It was, or they weren't blown out of the water, and they could have beaten Chelsea because yeah. they missed missed a lot of chances. And the worst game they played was against West Ham, and they won. Yeah. So there, there is something positive going on at Arsenal, which I didn't. I expected a transition of an Arsenal Wenger to. A, I, I expected there to be a bit of disarray. I certainly didn't expect that. And what we're seeing is that actually Emery knows what he's doing. It's just whether he has the right cogs in his machine to be able to achieve it for the whole season. But if you're going to have the wrong cogs in the wrong places, to to be on nine points after five games, having only lost two of the top teams, is, is a really good spot to be in. As a segue on to next week's games, um, Arsenal play in the Europa League Friday morning, so it's their first Europa League <laughs> game, and then they play Everton on Sunday. Do you reckon the Europa League's going to put a spanner in that works? Is it suddenly going to... Um, well, it's, it's interesting you say that because I, I think if this was five years ago, six years ago, Arsenal would have played kids. Yeah. If they ever finished third in the Champions League group, they went to the Europa League, they would have literally played kids like they did in the League Cup. However, after Manchester United used the Europa League to get into the Champions League, I think that... It's opened people's eyes, it's, I think. And, and it's, it's now, a trophy too, you know. And it's a European trophy, so yeah. it's a respected trophy. But I, I think you look at that, like, actually there's five Champions League spots up for place in the Premier League. Because if you're because of the way the top six is so weighted, the top six in the Prem are excellent sides. Yeah. And you think that not all of you can finish top four, but five of you can qualify for the Champions League. So if you happen to finish fifth or sixth last year... You need to really fight on both fronts. Now, that wouldn't have happened five, six years ago. It wasn't the case. Obviously, the Europa League didn't qualify you for the Champions mm. League, number one. And number two, it wasn't taken seriously as a, as a trophy. I think Mourinho, for all of his foibles, the fact that he was banging on about it being a proper European whatever yeah. nonsense, it actually did sit into the consciousness about that's something you want to win. Yeah. And um, So I think that, will it be a hindrance? It would have been less of a hindrance a few years back when it was taken less seriously. But I actually think Arsenal were going to go into that competition. And remember, Emery won that three years in a row with Seville. That's one of the reasons why he got the Arsenal job. That bloke respects that competition and True. knows that competition. Yeah, yeah, so maybe got, they're a shout to... Yeah, that's why he got the PSG well. job. Because they wanted to win in Europe and he's like, well, he's won three in a row. Um, on that, have you heard that they're introducing a third European tournament? 
There's Please explain this because I've read the report. But I don't get no, it. No, I don't. I don't know the ins and outs yet. Sorry, it's just vague. But they want to add a third European tournament. But the aim is the kind of smaller countries and smaller clubs. So Are they going to call it the Cup Winners' Cup? N- well, there's, <laughs> everyone who's a fan of football in the nineties is like, bring back the Cup Winners' Cup. And um, now they're going to call it like the Europa League. Into Toto? Yeah, something crap. Um, but yeah, they're going to introduce it soon. They haven't worked out details yet. I think if you come eighteenth in the Premier League, you get in it or something so, stupid. From what I know, they, they will be reducing the Europa League from forty-two teams down to thirty-six. 30 Four, something like yeah. that. Basically, down to the same size as the Champions League. So there's no pre-qualifying round. You go straight to the group stage. So good teams don't have a 50-50 playoff yeah. to get past. And then the teams like Hajduk Split from yes. Croatia will be a leading seed in this secondary competition, which will also be the same volume of teams. So they'll all have the group phase. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That's um, how we understand it. The um, with the Arsenal thing, I, I just just to touch on it with Jeff's point there. Goalkeeper in the league with the most touches, most passes trying to play out from the back. Peter Cech. Peter Cech. Amazing. Like, he just could not be the worst man for that job. (laughs) Like, he might be doing all right, but you've bought a keeper, just bloody play him. It's just... Yeah, anyway. Is there any other games for next week that anyone wants to talk about before we move on? Because we're uh, running short on time. Oh, Man United Wolves. Yeah okay, because uh, you've got to say that um, it'd be a good game. Yeah, I, I I think it will be a good game, and um, one of the biggest upsets from last week, I would say, is um, uh, Watford losing. Because <laughs> 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 you know, I think they're they're unbeaten, un- unbeaten <laughs> in the Premier League, and you know, United were coming in struggling, so it's a huge upset. Yeah. Um, but I think Man United Wolves will actually be a really good game of football, not necessarily because it's Man United and it's Wolves. I think that the two styles of play will be interesting to see them come up against because what we've seen from Wolves is that no matter who they play. They retain their DNA. They play their way, yeah. And what we've seen from United is they they oppose a team regularly. Yes. So they, they look at the, what you do and, and they counter that strategically. And I'm really interested to see how, for every for all of Jose Mourinho's, Jose Mourinho, Jose, Jose, Jose? Just Mourinho. Jose Mourinho's point. I, I do think tactically he knows what he's doing. Yes. Which means that I'm very interested to see such a tactical... Master, yeah. who isn't so stubborn as Guardiola, because yeah. Guardiola tried to Guardiola. Yeah. But I'm interested to see how that game pans out. It might just be attack versus defence, and everyone's everyone's bored. But I'm very interested to see it. I think United get a result. I just think it's one of those. I games think they'll, where, yeah, yeah, I think they'll win one one or two nil. I think um, on that it was interesting that Mourinho played Pogba, Fellaini, and Matic in centre midfield, all six foot four plus in centre midfield against Watford who are all massive and just went you're big and muscly we'll out muscle you and he does do that he'll just pick a game and go okay this is how you play we'll do and that that's better what, than you that's what he's and, good at yeah, and, and he'll do that against what, um, Wolves as Fellaini well Fellaini was really good he by, was excellent. by all accounts and um, it freed up Pogba Pogba looked like he was there were it was at least like maybe 20 minutes where Pogba looked like he was actually having fun <laughs> and I think having Matic and Fellaini there it was just like freed him up to go yeah. forward and there was it was one of the first times this season I've seen a sense of interplay and like the United forward players clicking 
It didn't happen yeah. for the whole game, but there was definitely slowly th- down, there were yeah. spells where I was like, actually, United played quite good football there. And I wonder, I think a lot of that credit has to go to Fellaini because he sort of gave some of those players the freedom to to be able to do that a bit more. Agree. And, and one thing <laughs> I noticed from United that I, I've not seen United do in a long time is there was a, a focus on second balls. So there's a focus on, on when you have a set piece going deep and long. And then play it back into play. Yeah. Both of their goals came from that. Yeah, the Chris Smalling's goal. Smalling's goal. Was yeah, excellent. great finish. But it yeah. came from an intentional deep cross yeah. that went all the way out over the penalty area and then nodded back yeah. in. The first goal was exactly the same. It went all the way over the pack to yeah. Fellaini to then take a touch and then go back in. And the Kaku obviously bellied it in. But I think that you saw that if you watched the night game that was a regular strategic plan to go over the pack and have the second ball be the one that was penetrating it's also a tactic that Sam Allardyce uses it is exactly <laughs> what Sam Allardyce does uh, Sanchez looked good though as well yeah, I thought he, he sort of, it, yeah I mean it's, it's interesting let's I, not talk about it no, no there was a bit of op- optimism there Johnson yeah. cause for optimism um, is there any other games because we're running out of time or for next week or do you want to go on to the side stories let's hit some side stories Go on then, Jeffa. No, 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 I'll go second. Uh, Rog, what do you want to talk about? Well, I don't. Well, I was going to talk about the A League, but it was going to be a bit of a rant. Do we want to talk about that or not? The gimmicks. Well, go on. So the, there were two gimmicks this week. We talked about. We had a long talk about the A League last week. Yeah. It's in a bit of a mess. Gimmicks isn't what they need. And then lo and behold, <laughs> this week, <laughs> two massive gimmicks. <laughs> The A-League directly approached Pirlo and Totti. Totti hasn't played since like halfway through 2017, by yeah. the way. So, and he was and already a bit fat. Yeah, so his fitness levels weren't going to be great. But they were approached to play for Avondale and uh, APIA Lightheart yeah. in the FFA Cup quarterfinals yeah. this week for one game. What the fuck? Yes. <laughs> and then I saw that, and then that was very quickly followed by the fact that, so it hasn't that hasn't happened um, because yes. the players' yeah. agents rejected it. Yeah. But I was like, that is, uh, you know, one one game like in a it, proper cup, and these guys that have played every round now all of a sudden are forced yeah. to have one of those. Like, like, oh, sorry, you're out because Perlo's playing. But not only, that wasn't one that annoyed me the most. The one that annoyed me the most was that they're trying to follow. Like they're like, oh, the big bash has been successful. Maybe we should follow that model. And well, we're, they're playing football, but maybe we could have some other things as well. And so they've got like entertainment. For those who don't know, the Big Bash is a cricket 2020 cricket tournament in Australia. So they're trying to patch into that market of you know families. So they've decided they want more entertainment. So a couple of the stadiums have signed up to have uh, smoke and flares during the games. But at all the games, they're going to be having like music and fireworks and, and videos during breaks in play. So it's goal kicks, throw-ins, kick-offs when there's a goal. Has this been approved? This is gonna, happening. This is happening. Yeah. There's going to be like loud music blaring into the stadiums and there's going to be random videos on the screen that have nothing to do with football. It's the like, worst. What the I, fuck? I, I tell you, you should pro- they should probably start with employing stadium announcers who can pronounce names. Yeah. Start there, then work to having good football yeah. 
and then probably invest in the fireworks. I just, and, but they're like, oh, but, but we won't do it in the big games where the fans might actually provide us with an atmosphere. We're only going to do it in the small stadiums and the shit games. It's so... Oh it's awful. You've just alienated half the clubs in the league. I'm that. reluctant to disappear down another alien yeah. rant, so, yeah, yeah, so yeah. I'll move I'm on to yeah. um, something on. else that, that caught my attention this week. Have you seen that Sunderland are going to sue two of their own players? Yes. And, well, they fired... One of them in the end. There's Djibouti and Ndidi. Yeah, they um, fired Djibouti. N- no, no. Didier Ndong and Papier Djibouti. Yeah, Djibouti. Yeah, yeah. yeah, so he Ndong got fired um, because he went on a year, a month's leave. Ndong got fired or the other one? And, oh, I can't, I can't, I one of them one. got fired. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> one of them got fired and he, went, he was given a month's uh, unpaid leave to find another club. Yeah. He wanted to go. He's like, Okay, go away, do whatever you want, stay fit, come back, and come back at the start of August. He didn't turn up until the second week of September, and he did his fitness tests, and was so unfit that he just failed them massively, like properly just didn't achieve them, so they just fired him. It's very rare you hear that a footballer has been fired. (laughs) And Djibouti was signed by £8 million for Chelsea. He's played for Chelsea. And Dong cost £13.6 million. They're both on thirty grand a week. I just I League One. It's one of the things I hate most about football because I'm like, if they had any respect for anybody, you at least turn up. And if you if they turn up and play well, they'll get signed tomorrow. But they've they've gone like, well, no, we're bigger than you, so we're just going to have a sulk and someone will sign us anyway. These Djibouti and sorry if I've got his name wrong. If he's listening, Um, but if he's listening, you fat bastard. (laughs) 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 He was the one who found the fitness app. Ndong still hasn't come back. No, oh, is he still he's still gone. He's, he's AWOL. This is an action. Disgrace. And, 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 go on. Um, I said that Hazard's goal was the best goal in the Premier League, but I didn't tell you that my favourite goal. Oh yeah, weekend. go on. Did you see? Did you watch the Southampton game? Holberg's goal. Is that how you say his name? Yeah, yeah. Holberg. Because uh, I mean, it was an amazing strike. Absolutely amazing. It's good art. Uh, it, like it cuts it, across the it ball. It wets like, your whistle. Yeah. It's, it's brilliant. Um, however, his name is Hodgeberg. That's Holberg. Holberg. Hodgeberg. Emil Holberg. H O J B J E R G. It's changed for years. Holberg. 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 Um, <laughs> did you see? Uh, on the good news front, Bolton avoided administration. We talked about them last week. Oh yeah. Uh, Blue Marble Capital, their owners or financiers or whatever it is, uh, agreed to uh, a bailout effectively. So Bolton are alive. That's good. So after writing them off last week, yeah. Um, is it ready for end feature, Jeff? I think it's time for end feature. Have you got a new song for yeah, us? Yeah, I've got a new one. You ready? Yeah. No, I slowly went up this week to <laughs> emphasise the raise in tone. Well, I, I really picked up on it. Yeah, yeah, thanks, yeah, thanks, Rog. Thanks. Um, so in the end feature last week, um, I lost with Arsenal winning, but Burnley not winning. Jeff lost because Ian Atro didn't play and Daniel Vardus <laughs> was not actually suspended. Um, but Rog did win with his Liverpool to win and two and a half goals. And got very excited at the pub, let me tell everyone, when Lamella got that late goal... Oh yeah, that was uh, it was very exciting. I tell you, there was probably thirty blokes staring at you, like the only man <laughs> excited by a consolation strike ever, and you're running around fist pumping, like yeah. It's like who are you? 
Um, and Chelsea won both halves. That means that Rog won 80 odd dollars last week. So Rog is in the lead with about 149 dollars. And uh, I'm second with 35, and Jeff's last with 17. Oh. So we got up our game, Jeff. So, I'm reigning champion, though, and I can say that for another 33 game weeks. Yeah, that's true. Um, how are you going to up your game this week? Okay, so I think that Zaha will score a goal. <laughs> yeah, you haven't learned. <laughs> I think that Zaha will score a goal because he does. Yeah. And I also think that Bournemouth are going to beat Burnley. Yep. Together, that is paying $6.07. Wow, it's not a bad bet. It's also quite interesting because I've gone the other way, Jeff. I've got Burnley to beat Bournemouth because good old Eddie Howe only plays one way. Doesn't ever change. Now, one of the things teams have done against Burnley this year is they've sort of sat off them a bit given them some respect because they are in Europe and said, well, go on, Burnley, break us down. Us that you're good. Uh, yeah. And Burnley really struggle with that. Don't worry about old Eddie. He won't do that. He'll just bomb on and try and try and beat them and score four goals. And, and then if you've gone bizarre hard not to score a goal? <laughs> uh, no, I've gone... I really struggled with the other one, but I've gone Man City to win both halves against Cardiff because I did that last week with Chelsea and it worked. And <laughs> I, think, I, think, I don't think Cardiff can hold out against Man City. I think Cardiff are the worst yeah. team in the league. That's fair. What's that paying? Uh, that is paying $6-ish. I hope you don't win, because then we're really far behind. Um, I've gone for a bit of a weird one this week, because I've not seen this bet before, but I kind of like it. It's the West Ham and Chelsea game. Both teams to score, and then not be a draw. So West Ham or Chelsea can win 2-1, 3-2, whatever. Um, so both teams will score, but one team will win. Okay. So it doesn't matter who. Oh, I quite like that. And it's paying two pounds, two dollars, two pounds, twenty-five. <laughs> do, you, do you know what's interesting? Is that this last game week until the Monday game, the Brighton and Southampton game, which is the last game of the game week? There wasn't a single draw on the Saturday and Sunday. Hmm. Really? Yeah, and and that's lovely. Yeah, that's really. I really good. enjoy that as a football fan. Yeah. Fuck you, draws. It's hard to pick this week, though. I thought there's a lot of even, evenly matched yeah. teams. Yeah. No, it's going to be a big week. Um, has anyone got anything else before we uh, shoot off? Uh, very quickly there was a player that was dear to my heart in the Premier League a long while ago and he played for Middlesbrough the old silver fox Fabrizio Ravanelli oh yeah so remember when mm. Middlesbrough tried to get good for a little bit yeah. <laughs> uh, and then got relegated and, and, and got relegated but they put got, that really well they got Massimo Macaroni didn't yes, they <laughs> yeah. but they had Ravanelli for a while yeah. when Janino was there I was yeah. like oh I, I heard about Ravinelli today. Now, I haven't heard about Ravinelli for such a long no. time. The reason I heard, we haven't heard about him for a long time is he is managing a club called Arsenal Kiev, who what? are currently bottom of the Ukrainian Premier League. Wow. The reason I read about it is because there's talk of them signing Stephen Kulka, who's a oh, expert, ex- who's a free agent at the moment after being released, and uh, they've lost six of their first seven games so they're crying out for a centre-back and they know each other because they were both at Dundee <laughs> and so Ravenelli's trying to sign Stephen Cole but I was like Ravenelli no way but how? yeah managing in the Ukrainian Premier League how does Ravenelli get there like what the hell That's is so that bizarre. well on that note we should go thanks for listening everyone um, we'll be back in the shed next week with a shiny new podcast Shoot us an email on footballshedpodcast at gmail.com. Find us on social media. Sign up on iTunes. Tell your mates. We'll be back next week. Bye, everyone. See ya. Bye.